Hi, my name is Rachel Perry. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career aged 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. Welcome to episode eight of Out of the Bubble with this week's guest, the super talented plus-size fashion designer, Anna Schultz. Anna creates really beautiful, luxurious outfits full of colour, bold prints and always on trend. So thank you very much for talking to me today, Anna. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. How would, let's start at the beginning, how would you describe your brand to people? It's, I mean, we've actually just done a kind of brand analysis and I think we are very niche because we're first of all plus size, secondly we're luxury so we're definitely at the higher end of the market and then we are for people who are not afraid to show themselves, you know, it's, we're quite loud. Mm. So we're known for our prints, we're known for you know, accentuating curves rather than hiding them, so we're all about making the most of your curves rather than just putting lots of layers on top of them and kind of hiding them away. I've you know, believed the same thing for the last 30 years when I started as a plus model in, oh God, when I was about 19, mm. <laughs> however long, that's 30 years ago, actually, you know, I've always said, no, I'm proud, you know, I've always felt like you can't be invisible because I'm six foot tall, I'm voluptuous, I've got long blonde hair, I'm quite loud. Mm. You know, I have to underline my accents rather than trying to hide away. I never saw the point of it. I love you. You described, I said, celebratory rather than apologetic. Yes. I love that phrase. That, that sums it up to me. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I grew up with a lot of confidence. And I think it maybe comes from my mother as well. Although my mum was thin and very beautiful, she always made me feel like I was beautiful. I never questioned it that, you know, I was different or wrong or, you know, even as a teenager, I always had this confidence. So people kind of came to me in a really positive way. So I didn't get bullied or teased very much for being bigger than Mm. my peers. So I always felt like it was something to celebrate the difference. You know, my my brothers and my dad were maybe a bit more mean. You know, they kept like making little narky remarks about size and so on. But you know, it just made me more determined to mm. actually make something positive out of a perceived weakness. Yeah. And I think you know, it it fared me really well all my life. I then worked as a plus model, and then came to London to study and set up my own business. Mm. So I've always championed curvy. Women and women who are different, just unique. Yeah, I think it's quite unusual if you talk to many women that were maybe bigger or felt they were different at 13. A lot of women say that they they were really self-conscious at that age. So it's really refreshing to hear that you, yeah. you had this inner confidence. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I'd done some therapy for a few years and, you know, my friend kind of at some point went, okay, now we can talk about uh, your, your teenage years. And I was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to that. And he was like, oh God, you must be the only person yeah. who's ever said to me, I'm looking forward to talking about my teens. Yeah. But I actually really enjoyed them. And no, I mean, that's I was really six good. foot at 13. Yeah. So that was, you know, but I was just like, great, I can get in all the nightclubs and my friends. Yeah, I honestly don't know why I didn't question it more. Mm. You know, I kept thinking, is it because my mum has a very positive image 
within herself. She's never been on a diet. She's never, I mean, she never needed to be. But, you know, I think it's really important what women teach their daughters or their friends about how they feel about themselves. You know, I've got a friend who has perfectly nice legs, but her mum has always had a hang up about her legs and was always focusing on her own legs. Mm. So she's inherited that complex, which is really weird. Yeah, it really is. How did so? What was the thing? What was the seed that got you interested in fashion at a young age? Then, well, exactly that. Being six foot tall and being a size sixteen at the age of thirteen, I couldn't find anything to wear. I mean, we're talking late eighties. Yeah, you know, there was grandma clothes available in bigger sizes, and it was much, much worse than it is now. So you couldn't. There was nothing young and fashionable. So. My mum, being desperate to spoil me and make me feel good about myself, wanted to take me shopping. And I didn't fit into anything apart Mm. from either menswear or grandma clothes. Or we decided I'm going to make them myself. Mm. So I enrolled in a sewing course. And so she bought me lots of really nice fabrics. And I started making my own stuff and I really enjoyed it. Mm. So by the age of about 16, I started making then also clothes for other people because lots of people stopped me in the street and kind of go, where did you get that? And I was like, well, I made it because I can make you one. So I like earned some pocket money, some extra cash by making, you know, simple, it was simple things, but they were probably just a little bit different than what people could get. So I was always, I always felt like I'm my own best billboard. I can, you know, walk around and say, here you go. This is the display of what I can wear. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was a little bit demented when I was a teenager. I remember <laughs> having an orange dress and I sewn lots of yellow plastic flowers all over it. Fabulous. And I walked around and I remember visiting my dad in hospital and he was like, oh my God, I can't cope. <laughs> you know, it was literal plastic flowers and then I found in some vintage shop some cow skin platform shoes, which I wore all the time. Mm. So I really liked, you know, standing out. Yeah. I'm much tamer now. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> you know, no more yellow plastic flowers all over the place. But, you know, I do like dressing for different occasions. So, yeah. you know, I just, I mean, people always say, what's your style? You know, and I kind of think, well, I, you know, I like black minimal. I like flower power. I like boho luxy. I like a lot of different styles. And sometimes I like a bit of a, you know, 50s, kind of pencil skirt and heels but I think everything for different occasions I like actually dressing for that occasion don't you think it depends on the mood I find when I wake up in the morning if if I'm in a quiet mood or you know I've had a restless night I, I quite like just throwing on something simple and plain absolutely but you know I always try to encourage my customers I don't there's to actually wear their dresses and their good wardrobe which they might think they'll wear for an occasion mm. to wear them every day yeah because i think you know people are willing to spend a lot more money on a dress they they go out in and they don't get that much wear out of them yeah. i'm like what are you waiting for you yeah, know you right. have to live now you have to enjoy life now you want to feel good every day mm. well you're wearing a nice dress one i'm time. wearing one of those dress i will take a photograph <laughs> later that, of course. <laughs> it would be rude not to <laughs> but you know i think that's it's it's nice to i mean i wear a lot of dresses and skirts because i think it's actually really comfortable, yeah, it is comfortable. i'm not really just a you know sweater and jeans kind of goal i like that sometimes too mm. um when I was on holiday in Brazil now because everybody said it was so dangerous I literally I took very minimal wardrobe and I didn't take any jewelry I left the whole fashion thing at home didn't take a handbag didn't take any accessories because how did you manage I I had a little like 
what do you call those? A fanny pack? Yeah. No, you don't call them. Yeah, a fanny pack, yeah. yeah. Just to put the most essential things, because people just, you know, there's a lot of muggings going on. Mm. And I just, you know, I never blend in because I'm so tall and blonde and foreign looking. But, you know, it was kind of quite nice to strip everything down. I think I took a lipstick. Mm-hmm. and some mascara that's what it they want to travel very light that's impressive <laughs> <laughs> I hope my husband's not listening to this <laughs> you know, I, went with, I went with one of my best friends and he went with hand luggage right. for two weeks that's he really... didn't even have a suitcase so, yeah. I mean I laughed at him honestly it's just I, I don't know anybody who travels as lightly as that because you love traveling don't you you do I travel do. Is, is that where you get your inspiration from for your materials and your clothes um, well in Brazil there was really very little fabric on people. Mm. <laughs> I have to say there was very little inspiration in terms of fashion because I saw a lot of big-bottomed women. I mean, they're known for the big butts. Mm. And, you know, they wear very small bikinis. Mm. I mean, they had, like, tiny little yeah, strip things. And they're completely unapologetic. Yeah. I loved their kind of confidence and how women were just walking around going shopping in their bikini, not giving a damn about anybody what they were thinking so I liked the confidence not the clothes I didn't really see any nice clothes but mm. the colours yeah. are beautiful the pastel colours of houses and Salvador there's a vibrancy there and a lushness which you know, obviously don't get in Europe because it's so tropical mm. so I do draw some inspiration but I think I draw more inspiration from London and people around me than I do when I travel I just do that to I love learning about different cultures and to immerse myself in a different world. Mm. And I've, I'm kind of, you know, quite hungry for new experiences the mm. whole time. Because how many collections a year do you do? Do you do? Because <laughs> don't you quite, is it six? Well, we do about eight mini collections. Right. Now, we changed our business around quite um, a lot three years ago when we stopped doing wholesale and supplying to stores because it's, it's a bit of a long story, but the essence is that most of the department stores we were selling to were stopping to sell in the store and just going online. Right. So all our biggest clients were all of a sudden online stores. They're all competing with each other against price. Mm. They were ruining the prices for the little stores. So somebody would, you know, go to a little shop in Holland somewhere or Germany or England, try something on and then buy it at Bloomingdale's online for 25% off. Mm. So everybody was complaining about the department stores. The department stores didn't really care. They kind of kept discounting everything too early. And I just was, I felt like I wanted to take control back Mm. of the brand and the product and actually have a lot more collections a year because I feel people want newness and freshness on a website all the time. So rather than have one big spring, summer and one big autumn winter collection, we now do between yeah, but a six to eight mini collections a year, which we launch frequently on the website mm. and also closer to the season because yes. You know, when you do wholesale, the stores, they kind of want the first spring collection coming in in December. Yeah. So you hit the Christmas sales. And I don't know anybody who really wants to wear, buy a summer dress in December or January when it's actually cold. Mm. And I find the whole fashion seasons are very screwed in a way Mm. (laughs) because, you know, they they get coats. You only want to wear a coat really from December onwards. But then it's when they're already in sale. Yeah. So I don't do that anymore. I launch product closer to the actual season 
and I don't reduce it until I have to. I don't want to ruin my prices. We've lowered our price point in total and um, we have control of what the product looks like. Mm. So nobody does different photography of our brand. Yeah. We can show it exactly how we want. And mm. I actually enjoy the diversity of all the mini collections we have now. Mm. And then I still I do another collection with a German brand called Ola Popkin. Yes, yeah. So we've launched that last October and it's been a phenomenal success. So mm. we're really happy about that. They're also available in the UK and in the States online. Mm. And they have about 320 stores in Germany and then a few, mainly in Germany, but a few in Holland, Switzerland, France, Luxembourg. So mm. that whole area. Fabulous. So from getting your inspiration um, initially and your ideas to actually getting them out into production, how long does it take? It's, I mean, sometimes it can go a bit quicker, but usually it's quite a long process. So now I'm working on autumn, winter 19. So I always work at least six to eight months in advance. Um, and, you know, I develop new prints, which I've started already. So I started the new collection about three months ago, so October, I think. Mm. So we develop the prints, then we have to get strike-off dumps on the fabric for the prints themselves, decide on the color palette, decide on the fabrication. Then we draw up new designs and styles for those prints or colored dresses. And um, we have to develop the patterns. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we work with factories where they de develop the patterns. So we send them a technical spec sheet with how the garment should look like and with all the measurements. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll wait for the first samples to come back from the factories in the right fabrication, not usually in the right color or print yet, because they then need to get confirmed first. Mm -hmm. And then we have a fit model who comes in and tries everything on and we make all the alterations on, on those pieces and then get proper samples in the right colors. And, and they often have to go back again and have to be tweaked again before mm -hmm. they can get sealed and go into production. So it's an ongoing process mm. which takes about six months. Right. And what's your age demographic? Have you got a customer age? Oh, yeah, we always say that. I think we always say our average customer age is about 45. Mm. But, you know, we do have 25-year-olds buying yeah. some of the clothes. And we have 80-year-olds buying mm. some of the clothes. So it's a really wide range of women. We also ship worldwide. Mm. So, you know, what somebody in Australia might buy or somebody in South America or in, you know, from different different ethnic backgrounds, different climate zones, different lifestyles. Yeah. It's very varied. Yeah. So people always say, oh, so what color works well for you? I said, I can't tell you because, you know, I know like the Germans hate purple, but the English, <laughs> English love it, mm. you know. The, the Dutch love orange. English people don't really. Well, that's so, interesting. You know, there are lots of things like when I did wholesale where I could really see from which country people were buying what kind of color palette and mm. what kind of product range like the Dutch are really much more colorful and open-minded than the Germans are for mm. example they're much more out there and prouder and louder and German women I think are still quite scared to be judged right and I think English women are a lot more quirky and individual mm. which I like mm. and that's one of the reasons why I kind of got stuck in London because I love the diversity so much and I hope that won't change with the yes. Brexit. Yeah, well, Let's yes. Let's not go there. Yeah, no, that's a different subject altogether, isn't it? But it's obviously something that you have to 
start thinking about with your businesses. Yeah, I mean, it would be really terrible for us if there'd be huge duties which mm. have to be paid to exporting to um, yeah. the EU all of a sudden. You know, it's, it would make a big difference also. You know, I'm German, I've lived mm. here for 29 years, but I'm not a British citizen. Right. So I'm refusing to mm. apply now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just on principle. You know, yeah. well, it costs £2,000. Does it really? Yeah. And it's an 80-page document, which is really laborious to mm. fill out. But, you know, I have already seen a few of my friends who are deciding to go back mm. to Germany or back to other European countries where they're from. So... I find the whole discussion quite terrible. But anyway, it's political. It's yes, not yeah, no. um, But my age demographic is quite hard to define. And whenever we speak to marketing companies or people who want to analyze the business, they always say, well, you're going to have to pin down that customer who you are. Mm. And, you know, and I think we can't. I want to cater to different women and yeah. different age ranges just for a woman who's confident and I mean you know we are similar age yeah. it doesn't mean all of a sudden just because you're over 40 you don't want to wear certain clothes anymore I mean I think a hot pant and a crop top is probably something nobody over the age of 20 should wear <laughs> but you know I don't see why when you all of a sudden when you're growing up and being more mature why all of a sudden you should lose your sense of style your sense of fashion or anything so I think women don't dress for their age as they used to anymore either but I think the the fashion market hasn't caught up with that yet I think they're still lagging behind I think they're still group midlife women into certain kind of stereotype fashion brands and clothes that are a bit frumpy and a bit dowdy. In the high street definitely is just to a younger market. You yeah. Know, when you look at their photography, but it's changing, you know. Do you think I it think, is changing? I think it is. You know, if I look at Zara, which is a brand I really like, mm. uh, which is unfortunate that they don't do anything past the size no. 16, really, but they have started in the last couple of years using older women mm. for their normal photography. Mm for their product shots, which I find quite refreshing and a normal brand to see women of different ages and very different skin to they use some very black skin, women like really dark skinned mm. women with shaved heads, the really very and like great diversity of women, apart from they're not bigger. Mm. But you know, at least the look is very different. They yeah. didn't say, oh, this is an old model we are using for an older, more mature range. They just use different models. Yeah. And I find sometimes it's the same with Plus to say, oh, look, now we've taken a big woman to do a big story. Yeah. You know, just say, well, this is, you know, this, Another this woman. Rachel. Yeah. And, you know, she's modeling this collection today. I mm. don't think we need to make a song and dance about skin color or yeah. size anymore. Yeah. And how do you find one of the, the um, people that's following you on Instagram asked how you choose your models? What do you look for when you're choosing your models for your collections? I get a lot of stick for anything I do always, which is kind of, kind of I don't know, it, it, it doesn't affect me anymore, but, you know, sometimes, you know, so I, let's say I pick um, a black girl for a campaign. Then some women will come to me and say, well, why do you only use light-skinned black girls? You know, and mm. I'm like, well, I didn't last season. I used somebody who was much darker, you know, and now I use somebody who is a size 20, so she's bigger. It's, it's some of it is, 
practicality because mm. you know my samples are size 18 so I need to find somebody who's at least a 16 who I can pin or maybe yeah. a 20 where it fits a bit tighter so you know we do once the collection comes in we can photograph in a different thumb size 14 to 28 mm. so we do look for just diversity in a variety of women we can photograph to show our customers well we post customer photos as well mm. so i look for strong women yeah i look for an individual look mm. so you know i used um a shaved head black girl last season mm. who i love yeah. who i think looks incredible yes She's actually half german half Gary Funa, which I never knew mm. it was, as a Honduran tribe. Yeah, right. So I find that interesting, yeah. the mixes which come there together. Um, you know, and I just thought, will customers be a bit wary that she has shaved head and she doesn't have long flowing hair? And I was like, I don't really care. I just mm. want to show different women who look beautiful and strong and have something to say. This attitude of not caring, do you think that's increased as you've got older? Because yeah, I definitely. feel like I have, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I'm not so self I don't feel like I need to please. And I don't feel... Like my, my dad always... My dad was a really interesting man. He was um, in advertising and branding. He had his own agency and so on. And he always said to me, you know, good people polarise. If you're strong, you'll have people who really like you and some people who don't like mm. you. And that's good. Yeah. You know, you want people to kind of you know have an opinion of you and either they feel really attracted to this whatever force you are or they're not mm. and I think that's a much more interesting life to lead than somebody who's just a bit meh yeah and nobody notices yeah. so you know I, I definitely it's the same with dating or friendship or anything really I kind of I feel so much more confident now than I did when I was like 20 or so mm. I just feel like I mean you take a little bit yeah so when you were modeling how old would you have been when you were modeling uh, I started about 18 19 right and then I took it with me to the UK when I first came here to study mm. so I supported my studies with the odd wonderful photograph for advertising well how was meat. that because <laughs> because th there wouldn't have been the kind of diverse plus plus size model agencies or no I mean, there, was, then, there were a few right you know there was already a business for plus there yeah. but it was nothing editorial so nobody from a higher-end magazine would touch us mm. as girls there was Jo Paul Gautier who put already back in the day a couple of bigger models on the catwalk and had this huge amount of like a wave of press and then would die down and nobody mm. would like notice it again. But there was always like, a, I always think it comes in, in cycles and waves. Yeah. So um, I did a lot of like advertising. I did um, not so nice catalogs, mm. but you know, there was, there was money in it and yeah. I enjoyed it. And I learned a lot about the industry and it made me more determined to set up my own brand and to actually create a different fashion aesthetic for curvy women than what I was modeling because mm. it made me feel really middle-aged by, by when I was 20 yeah. in like really frumpy clothes. Mm. So I just thought I can do this better. You know, clients would say, so do you like this? Would you wear this? And I'm like, no, yeah. I wouldn't want to see any of my friends yeah. looking like that. I won't be showing this one to anybody. <laughs> exactly. And then like, you 
know, I don't know, I, I could never quite hold back and be diplomatic, mm. which is just not a very good tactic. Yeah. I think as a model, you know, you should move into whoever's booking you into their vision. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to lie and say you love it, but you have to make the best of it. But I was always a bit like, oh, my God, what you make me look like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but, you know, I, I did do some traveling with it. I did some interesting campaigns because there weren't so many of us. Mm. You know, I did a stop eights campaign where I was sitting in a hotel lobby with a poodle on my lap and I had a plastic penis on my thumb with a condom on it going stop <laughs> eights use condoms which was a huge billboard campaign mm. you know which like all my brothers were like whoa, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there was yeah lots of private health insurance I advertised German meat mm. nice <laughs> just like really odd I just even then I refused I remember I got booked I got a booking request for a diet pill and even then it didn't sit right with me mm. and I just was like no I'm not doing that because mm. I have seen I follow on your social media social media that you, you do do a lot of different exercise and, and look after yourself and seem to have a kind of healthy balance of have you have you always been that way no I was quite lazy when it comes to exercise I would have the odd kind of spurt where I do a few months and then I lose interest completely and um, just I, I think when you're younger, you think you're invincible. Mm. So for me now, I, I got quite ill when I was 40. I had gallstones, yeah, which right. got stuck in my bile duct, which mm. I think is quite a common thing, mm. I think, for people to happen. But because I was at a trade show and working through it and being the warrior I am, mm. it developed into pancreatitis. And I was in hospital for three weeks, yeah, really ill and got an infection and I took the gallbladder out and so I felt really weak and I just was like, mm, this is August, it's, everybody's out there having fun mm. and I'm not fit, mm. you know, I'm finding it harder to fight an infection I think than other people because I'm not very fit and I thought I need to change this and I made a pact with myself then that I need to get fit, mm. not thin but strong. Yeah. yeah. So for me, you know, this has changed quite a lot. I lost in the process quite a bit of weight mm. I didn't you know I'm still a size 20 so I'm not thin by any means but for me I'm smaller than I used to be um, and I have a personal trainer who I've seen for the last eight years two to three times a week mm. and we do you know weights resistance and boxing and it makes me feel so much more energetic. Mm. I don't love it. Yeah. You know, there's still, like, I mean, I went yesterday for the first time uh, since my holiday. Mm. <laughs> and I was dreading it. I was yeah. thinking, oh, God, I didn't miss this at all. Mm. But actually going, it made me feel really good afterwards. Mm. And I just felt like, actually, I really, I have missed this. I have this, missed this feeling of feeling my muscles and feeling my strength. And, you know, it was... 38 degrees in Brazil and we walked up to the top of the famous steps in Santa Teresa in Rio mm. and you know I was dripping in sweat you, you, you have never yeah. sweated so much in my life in that country because it's so humid mm. but I managed to go up there without a problem yeah. you know I wouldn't have been able to do that before exercising and I want to live my life like that yeah I don't want to think, oh, I'm too exhausted to walk down the beach for like five miles. Mm. I want to walk down the beach mm. and I want to be strong. So yeah. for me, the exercise is a good balance to keep me strong for work and mm. for life, really. Yeah. It's not about looking a certain way, although I quite like it that my butt's a bit rounder now. Yeah. Doing many, many, many squats. Yeah. 
good for you. That's an inspiration because it's we need to see more women that are over a size 12 that exercise and, and that are strong because there's this massive misconception isn't there that, that bigger women are unhealthy and unfit and actually that's just not the case at all there are so many women that are size 14 16 18 20 above that work out and that are strong and that could well that's why i started you know i first thought do i want to put pictures of me sweaty in the gym without makeup and no, i think it's really inspiring and i thought well actually i got so much positive feedback mm. from women because i i think because of my inbuilt confidence i forget sometimes that there's a lot of women out there who don't even dare go into the gym yeah because they feel people are going to laugh at them mm. or people are going to judge them or whatever and i just think oh my god i actually feel i can inspire people yeah, and then i feel people have sent me several messages saying oh you know you actually inspired me to do something as well and mm. it's a nice feeling to feel strong mm. so that's the only thing i can relate it to sometimes i think oh i'm nearly 50 why why do i do this you know <laughs> <laughs> now my knees stopped yeah. uh, my ankle like yeah. I, I broke a, a little bone in my foot in the summer because i tread on something in the park when I was power walking and I was like oh god these ailments you start having when you're older and you know everything just takes longer to heal doesn't it well yeah I just I'm not very patient with things like mm. that you know I just thought oh, okay I'll wrap it up and put a better trainers on and that's the important thing that's my advice if you go to the gym get a good sports bra mm. and get some good supportive trainers mm. You know, like I look at my mother, she is um, 78 next week, yeah. and she looks fantastic. She's small, but, you know, she power walks two mm. to three times a week. I just bought her the same trainers I had because mm. I said, you're wearing crappy shoes. You need to really support your yeah. ankles as well. But she was refusing to let her age like get in the way of anything she mm. wants to be fit and strong and you know we travel together sometimes and you know, because I live in a different country mm. I do make sure that so at least once a year or so we go on a trip together she comes to visit mm. a lot and visits Frida I think more than me but, <laughs> <laughs> but I know she misses me all the time so, so this year you're 50 this year oh aren't god you? yes and how does that make you feel well I kind of you know I'm dreaded my 40th I was a bit like oh my god you know like how can I and I had a really great time and I felt really good for the last 10 years mm. you know my 40s have been great mm. so you know, especially like since I've started all the exercising and everything I just I feel much stronger much more positive and more confident than ever and I'm embracing it mm. I find it odd because when I you know when I was in my 20s, I thought 50 was really old. Yeah. And I don't feel really old. No. I feel probably younger than I did 10 years ago. Mm. And I don't know, people always say, why do you do and I'm like, yeah, I am. It's kind yeah. of weird because I'm, I guess it's whether anybody older you speak to, they don't ever really feel their age. No, not at all. I don't. I don't feel I'm 50 next year. No. Yeah. It's, it's... I've, I've decided to, to celebrate it and I'm going to have a, a masked ball. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> I booked the venue. I've invited all my friends already. I'm going to put proper invitation. Mm. I'm going to make an effort and look fabulous and going to celebrate it on the night and, and just say well you know so be it this is it yeah, yeah. bring it on <laughs> how ambitious are you still do you still have big plans for the business and for yourself for the next 10 years or are you quite happy to just see how things go well 
I don't know, we, ju we just had a meeting this week about, you know, we did a, a SWOT analysis of our business, mm. the strength, weaknesses, opportunities and threats, which yeah. we haven't done for a long time. So I find it quite interesting sometimes to have an outsider come in and to look at it. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in it, you don't see your own value or strength as much. Mm. And, you you know, because I don't have a boss, I don't have anybody patting me on my back apart from like, collaborations like Ola Popkin, for example, yeah. which they've been great to work with. They're such nice people. Mm. They're really appreciative of anything we do. So um, I just spoke to them this week about the opportunity of maybe creating a fitness range for plus women, oh, which exciting. I think would be a really exciting yeah. project. I, you know, I'm always interested in new collaborations. I'd love to do some more lingerie or some sports bras or some wider fitting shoes with different companies. So we're always looking for new companies to partner up with to mm. do a specific range because I think there's still quite a few gaps in the market. Mm. Um, and I want to grow my own business still. So I've been thinking about what I feel more passionate about. Mm. And, you know, I love plus size fashion. I love print. I still love all the color. I enjoy working, but... When I sometimes look at my Instagram feed, and I think like, mm. every day, all of a sudden, everybody in their lingerie out there, there's a lot of pouting and a lot of narcissistic behavior, especially mm. in like lots of younger people. And I feel like people don't actually have that much to say. And I find that sometimes a bit sad. We can't always only look at what we look like. Mm. Maybe we need to think about making a difference as well. Yeah. So especially going to Brazil has shown me that again, the you know huge difference in poverty and wealth in a country like that, where you see the favelas built mm. in, in Rio and in Salvador into the middle of the city. So I kind of, my passion at the moment would be, yes, to grow the business and to do other things, but also to do, make a difference somewhere else. And mm. maybe look, I'm looking now, I've decided that only in the last couple of weeks that I would actually like to do a charity project mm. with women in third world countries yeah, to maybe develop just a small capsule collection to get like, a, see how it feels. And yeah. You know, I there's a charity in my building actually who I'm going to talk to. Actually. Yeah, fabulous. Um, and they, you know, work with um, the female, the or the victims of female genital mutilation, which mm. I think is such a horrendous yeah. thing to do to women. Then mm. I would love to, you know, work with an African country and maybe do like a beautiful printed cotton collection with a workshop with women there. I feel more passionate about things like that. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, I don't know. That, you know, you have to sometimes you have to stop to look where your passions lie. Mm. And, you know, I do like fluffy, pretty, sparkly. Mm. But I also would like to do something a little bit more worthy. Mm. What piece of advice could you give to women? Because there's a lot of women out there um, that are in the 40s, 50s, 60s that, that lose their sense of themselves and lose their confidence. Uh, particularly in the in the fashion area, what what inspiration or what advice can you give to women that that want to try and get their kind of confidence back in fashion and try different things? What would you suggest they can tips they can do to? You see, I think fashion people approach fashion with this big fear of you know oh my god I don't know what to wear mm. you know I don't know what I look good in and I think people are very much in a rut. I see that when women come to like my sample sales when I actually see women try things on and I. I like, help them try something different. And I think you know, we need to 
open our minds up a little bit to trying different things and mm. styles to actually see what works and what doesn't. Mm. You know, if I say, I have so many women say, no, 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 I don't wear dresses. I haven't worn a dress in 20 years. So, you know, I didn't go to my high school reunion. I didn't go to my friend's daughter's wedding because, you know, I, I don't have anything to wear. And I'm like, oh my God, do you mean an item of clothing is stopping you from living your life and not going to a place because you don't feel good? Yeah. Can we try 10 dresses on? And can I show you that you might look good in this, this and this? Yeah. You might not be right with everything, but try different things. And mm. I think that... The main thing is to feel good in yourself and be kind. You know, we can all not rest and just say, oh, God, I look like this and I don't like it. Mm. If you don't like it, do something to make yourself feel better. Mm. You know, have a massage. I have a great masseur who comes to my house mm. every few weeks. Have a relaxation treatment. If you can't afford that, go for a swim, go for yeah. a walk in the park, make yourself feel fresher. You know, I mean, I sometimes obviously have no energy or so on, but then I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to stop. I need to sleep for a few nights, not go out, mm. come back to myself, read a nice book, listen to an inspiring podcast, for example, <laughs> and, you know, be good to you. Put a nice cream on a face mask, whatever, spoil yourself a little bit. All these things are important, I think, to make you feel better. Mm. And then go out there to ask a friend to come with you to try different things. Yeah. You know, now it's sale time. It's the perfect opportunity to try a variety of clothing. Maybe order, do place a big order and try them all on at home mm. and just see what looks good for you. Mm. So I think don't ever stop and say, oh, now I'm 40, 50, 60. Now I, I don't need that. to look nice anymore. Mm. I wear that. Why? Mm. Do you enjoy that part of actually meeting customers? I, I do. do. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it every day. Yeah. But I really do. I mean, we have some fabulous women come, you know, to our our sale, you know, every year um, and have really enthusiastic, hardcore fans. Mm. I mean, they're great. But we also have women who, you know, a bit shy and, you know, just they love the feeling of encouragement of coming into a room where they can try everything on which fits them mm. you know like a different experience to actually say this is all available in my size it's quite a positive feeling yeah. for people so yes I do enjoy it but also I think plus size women I think they, they have that sense of if they can buy online it takes the pressure off when they go shopping because sometimes if you go shopping on the high street if you're a plus size this, you're bombarded by so many smaller sizes that it, you come away feeling deflated. Where if you if you buy online, you can try things on at home in your own space with your own accessories around you. Do you find do you get good feedback from older women buying online? Yes and no. I think there's still a proportion of older women who you're not used to the idea of shopping online mm. and they think like, oh, it's going to be really difficult to return it. You know, mm. how do I return it? We'll make it fairly easy. Yeah. You know, you have to make it easy for the customer. Like, I think my mum is of a generation where, you know, I shop for her online mm. because I said, well, what do you want? Because often she finds it, although she is small, she finds it annoying because we go somewhere and still the item isn't available in her size and the colour she wants in the store and then we have to buy it online anyway. Mm. So... I think people are getting used to buying it, but I find the older generations are still a bit resistant because they want to touch things and yeah. they don't have the imagination. If you're not confident, you might not have the imagination to what it might look like mm. on you. So, I mean, as I... Very much last three questions. Oh, the, the three, the three famous questions. questions. Yes. So what piece of music or song really motivates you? 
You know, people laugh at this when they come into my car with me because I think I've had the same CD in there for the last year. <laughs> I think so. everybody I've talked to, though, says exactly the same really? thing. Yeah. Oh, God. It's yeah. Just, I don't know. I, and I sometimes change it when I come back to this. It's Prince Best Hits mm. or Greatest Hits, whatever. And I don't know. There's a few songs on, it, on there which are like, some of them like Get Off is a bit rude. And, you know, Kiss always reminds me of Pretty Woman, of her singing that in the yeah. bathtub. Yes, yeah. And Purple Rain is just a little great. Like, I don't know. I, I love his music. Mm. I've loved many of his songs. Mm. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> um, what's about a book that's inspired you? Do you read a lot? I don't read as much as I would like, actually, because I think we're... I don't know, maybe it's just me, you know, I'm like on social media quite a lot. Do you find it quite hard to switch off? I do. Mm. Yes, my mind is very active, Mm. especially. And, you know, that's why I always say I'm very hungry for life. So I'm a bit like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I need to sometimes just stop and switch off and actually calm down. Mm. So, you know, I had a phase where I just couldn't sleep. Mm. And I just like I said, I had to like train myself again to actually just uh, calm down and sleep because it makes me feel so much better. Mm. So, but if I like reading, I like I love strong women. Mm. So you know, like books like Memoirs of a Geisha, yeah. or you know, the biography of Frida Kahlo, for example. Mm. I love Frida. Kahlo. I was going to say she's a real inspiration for you, isn't yes, she? Yes, yeah. I mean, I named my dog after yes. her, <laughs> and I'm still waiting to date a man who comes into my house and looks at the free Akala books and doesn't go, oh, look, there's a book with the same name as your dog. And I'm like, no, I need after the artist. <laughs> a funny tick list of a man today. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm actually dating somebody. Mm. But, you know, it's like, it's it's um, it's nice. I don't know for how permanent it'll be, mm. whatever, but I'm enjoying it at the moment. You do come across as somebody that really enjoys life and just embraces everything. Yeah, I get bored really quickly. Mm. So, you know, my brother, I'm always reading that sentence, but I talked to him. I've got two brothers, actually, and one of them is like, oh, my God, you always do so much. It makes me kind of spin. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, because otherwise I'm bored. You know? yeah. So how can you be bored? You do so many things. You know? But, yes, I, I think you never know how long you're going to be around No, you don't. Bored. Yeah, that's my attitude now. Well, honestly, I could talk to you for so much longer. Um, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. It's been, Perfect. It's been, it's been wonderful. Thank you. So to keep up to date with everything Anna's doing, you can find her on Instagram at Anna Schultz and Twitter at Anna underscore Schultz. And for those that don't know the spelling, it's S-C-H-O-L-Z. And you can also keep up to date with Anna's fabulous collections on Instagram and Facebook at Anna Schultz Fashion and the website www.annashultz.com and I'll put all the details on the podcast show notes. That's all for this week. I'll be back in a fortnight when I'll be joined by Melissa Talego. Melissa is the founder of Glamorax, which is a global online community which connects women who love to walk, hike and take adventures. So I've got my walking boots out ready for some inspiration. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com, or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous.